Hello, hello. This is The Reality of Reality, and I'm Aliza Rosen, a longtime TV producer and development executive. Every week on the podcast, I talk to interesting people in all aspects of unscripted television. I am beyond excited to welcome a reality Hall of Famer, Dave Broom. So a lot of people in our industry take credit for creating The Biggest Loser. I can't tell you how many people I've heard from that claim that they had some part in it. But Dave, he he's the real guy. He's the one who really created it. We'll hear all about how he came up with the idea and the journey to make the show. It's now a billion-dollar international franchise. Dave's gone on to do some other huge network shows like The Briefcase for CBS. He actually even hosted that one. And Strong for NBC, which was just uh, ended recently. Dave calls his company 25-7 because that's how much he works. Honestly, his work ethic is only matched by his intense passion, which I found incredibly infectious. Dave Broom, thank you for being here. My pleasure. We, we've just met. We've only just met. Yes, we have. But we have but so much in common. Exactly. I mm-hmm. already feel the mm-hmm. New York connection. Right. I have and to take you out to dinner. I like that. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being here. You are you are what we call a big fish. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> in a big pond. Yeah. It's a very big pond. <laughs> but, you, but you've still been able to uh, to break through, and I'm so very honored to have you on. Thank oh, you. Oh, great to be here. Probably a break from your 25-7 day, right? Yeah, That's the name is. of your company, 25-7. Because you literally are working 25-7. Yeah, you know, when I, when I was coming up with a name, and I have the company now about 14 years, so... I, you know, I didn't want to name it Dave Broom Productions or something that meant nothing to me. I was actually thinking about like an East Coast street name, you know, from where I'm from. Nobody would know Churchill Court. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> but I just started to think that uh, let's do something that really kind of tells a little bit about who we are and who I am. And so I just came up with 25-7 because I'm a fucking lunatic. <laughs> And, uh, and fucking lunatic productions doesn't have does the same. It, it does it. I don't think we can put that on an end card on most <laughs> on most networks. But uh, you know, twenty five hours a day doesn't exist. Right. Workaholic but, was taken. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, it's just about for me. It's about passion. You know, that's it's kind of like everything I am in my life. So that twenty five seven kind of represented that. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, I got to you through Jen O'Connell from Lionsgate. I love Jen. She's the best. And the funny mm-hmm. thing is, in my intro, I said, and everyone loves Jen. Yeah, it's hard not to. <laughs> it's hard to. No, incredible. she's got a permanent smile on her face. Right. So I asked her, I said, um, you know, we were start, she was mentioning Biggest Loser, and you yeah. created Biggest Loser, and, and now Strong, and then the new Netflix show. I said, wait, like, is Dave a bodybuilder? Like, what's Dave's deal? Like, <laughs> yeah, right, I she's know. She's like, you know what? Whenever we had calls with him, he was always on his bike or a treadmill. <laughs> I get that a lot, actually, yeah. Is, I'm usually huffing and puffing. Either people thinking I'm dying, having sex, or working out. <laughs> And all three. They, all three, maybe at the same time, could be a good. So which came, was it the chicken and the egg? Like you became passionate about doing a lot of these sort of weight loss themed yeah, fitness so shows like, or were you always into it and then? I was in shape. Like when I was grew up, I was like, you know, I'm 5'8", but I was the jock and I was. Right. You're scrappy. All, you look very scrappy. Yeah, like scrappy. I wouldn't want to get in a fight with you. I was a wrestler, right. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, Jersey wrestling, you know, so nice. it was hardcore. But, um, but, you know, when I got out and started doing television, I... I wasn't looking to do any fitness-based shows. What I was, I started as a writer, actually. You know, I, I wrote a bunch of stuff and sitcoms and things like that. And I got into reality through an interesting kind of just a course. Like, we all have our own journey, right? So yeah. I, I got into it. But I started to do a bunch of cable shows. And I, I knew I wanted to do something in a, a transformational-type space. Because that's what a weight loss or fitness show is at the end of the day. It's, it's basically pimp my ride, except... I'm not taking a car and turning a piece of shit jalopy into a great-looking vehicle. I'm taking whatever, in this case, you know, somebody's physical and mental being. 
So I just couldn't figure it out. I didn't know what to do with it. I, I knew I wanted to do something in fitness and weight loss, I thought. And I got the idea in the gym. So I, I, I was literally working out in a 24-hour fitness and walking to the men's locker room. And right outside on a board was a help wanted ad and or help needed, actually. It was, it was written. That's what kind of grabbed me. It was just like unbelievably written. It was so desperate of a cry for help that they were looking for a trainer, said that I'm, I'm going to die. I'm morbidly obese and I need someone to save my life. This is back in 19, uh, probably, what was it? No, no. Well, uh, about t- late uh, 2003, 2004 is really when I you know, got the idea for the show. Um, but, um, but that's it. As soon as I saw that, I grabbed it, and I knew that that, uh, that, that was going to be the show. And from that, I wrote the format that night. Did you have changed. the name Biggest Loser in your head? Um, no, not not immediately. And um, it was it's a great little story actually because it's controversial. Um, and but I I knew that you know good to me and especially back in those days, good reality shows were coming from daytime topics. You know, weight loss was something that you would find on Oprah or you know Maury or something like that, a talk show. And it was never really prime-timed up, not here in the States. And so I knew that if I was going to have a really cool format, that it would have to have just a bitchin' name, something that would grab your attention. Because if it it doesn't cut through, you're done to begin with. So um, I always thought that people got on the scale and go, I've lost. I'm a loser. I'm, you know, and I I started to have some fun with that. And then when I came up, this The Biggest Loser just kind of hit me. And... I immediately filed the trademark for that. And then I got into a lot of debates with NBC because nobody wanted to call the show The Biggest Loser. Yeah, Jen talked about that too, how it was, you know, it was perceived as being mean. I Negative. Mean, they didn't get that it right. was Right. And that's positive. the exact reason why I wanted to call it that. <laughs> right. Because I told everybody, I said, look, we have an opportunity to pull the rug out from underneath the audience. Let them think it's one thing. And, and have them get really upset by it. Like, I mean, there were radio talk show hosts here in town that I'm friends with now that were just talking about the show on the promos prior to us launching. I can't believe they're making fun of fat people. I can't believe they're the, just on the name. And which I loved because I knew that that would at least give us the opportunity to get tune in. And the second someone saw the show, they knew that we were handling these people with respect and wouldn't be, you know, the biggest loser was exact opposite. So I, I think there's there's a lot to learn from that, actually. Well, yeah, and the biggest takeaway for me is that the network still let it happen because they're usually scared. Yeah, it was, um, I give credit, you know, Jeff Gaspin was running the um, uh, unscripted division. He's a very dear friend of mine. And look, he had a lot of balls first to move forward with the show. And second, to allow us to do it, you know, there wasn't feel-good reality happening back in those days. So this was before Extreme Home Makeover? It was us and Extreme Home Makeover almost simultaneously taking place. It was the first show that I would think of that would that was in the same vein. In fact, Fox back then was running the show, um, what the hell was it called, where they were basically taking people and stapling and sucking. Oh, right, uh, the swan. Swan, thank you. It was a swan. <laughs> that it was a swan. was so messed up. Think about the swan. So that was on almost at the same time wow. that Loser was. So those were the type of shows that you were seeing. Right. And I, you know, I remember going out and talking to press saying, look, in this show there's no sucking, stapling, or surgery. <laughs> right. You know? 
It's amazing now in 2016 to think that there wasn't anything like The Biggest Loser because there have been so many copycats. I, I mean, that's you our know. industry right now, right? Like, yeah, everything is just a derivative of whatever that show was. So, talk, let's break down a little bit because I mean, this is obviously one of the biggest shows ever in reality TV. You know, we have 130 territories around the world. Unbelievable. And about a billion dollars in licensing and merchandising. So it's far beyond like a, a television show. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's a, it's, yeah, it's, it's a brand. It's a, it's a brand. So when you write down that format on a piece of paper, then what? Are you a company yet? Are you Dave Broom just no, I No, I was 25-7 prior to that. Okay. So I was making a lot of different kinds of shows and smaller shows and music shows. I got started in music. So I was doing music specials and award shows. Uh, I was working with Seacrest on on early shows well before American Idol took off. Got it. Um, so you were established. You knew yeah, that you could Small time. Not, nothing. Like I was, uh, well, I was established in a certain area within the industry. Making live television, uh, writing, selling comedies, and I was and and some smaller cable shows. Biggest Loser back then was a very big swing at network for me, and that established me as a as a network producer, and and that's what I specialize in. Really, most of my shows, I'm not a factory. You know, twenty five seven doesn't crank out fifty shows a year. We are purposely trying to make. Really big, really big format. So back then, you know, I formatted, and it, sometimes you nail it right away. Often you don't. You know, you have it, and these things morph. But Loser had all of the elements in the format itself from day one as to what it has today. Was it your idea to put them in the sports bra and expose the yeah. skin? Because that seemed really revolutionary, too. Yeah, it was. And we took a lot of heat on that, too, because— you know, it's again, if you're not, if you're, we had to push the envelope. Like, we just had to push it. And, and in order to show uh, somebody's physical transformation, you've got to show them at their worst. You have to take people. And rem- I mean, I've always credited the season one cast of Biggest Loser. I mean, imagine you've never seen a show go on the air before, you don't know what the fuck this thing is. You're being asked to basically strip down in front of the world. You don't even want to show your husband or wife what right. you look like naked. Incredible. And you're going on a show called The Biggest Loser. And you haven't seen it air once. Just just think about what you have to have, what's going through your mind. And by the way, probably how desperate they were to try and get the help to get their lives changed because that's what this is all about. But it, unless you're showing somebody at their worst, it's very hard to show the arc at their best. you got to start really low. It's just classic story. And they had to trust you. I mean, I'm sure that was like, sure, we'll take off our shirt. Boy, yeah. you know, I think, in, I think this holds true for any unscripted television yeah. show, right? Trust has to take place. And I think reality television gets a bad name in a lot of ways when that trust is broken or it's forced or it's manufactured or it's just a bunch of shit, you know? So for me, my shows are, are either... All 100%, we're just putting them in this maze and filming and watching what happens. Or I'm going the opposite way and saying, hey, this is all bull. And I made a show that was all bull, really. I did a show called The Vineyard for um, ABC Family, which was a beautiful show. It was The Hills 2.0. Right. But I wrote the whole damn thing. Right. It was scripted. I wrote the whole thing. And I said, look, these are people in their lives really you know, being themselves. 
but put into the situations that we've basically scripted for them. Right. The words are theirs, but the format beats are not. And and I don't think you can, you know, try to I don't I don't think the audience wants to be fake try to be faked out anymore and they're way too smart and I think it's lazy producing to try to do that. Did it feel like that when you were doing that show the vineyard? No, because um it felt the opposite. I felt like I was making curb your enthusiasm. I thought, <laughs> holy shit, I just created something that is I can do forever with in all these kinds of other like offshoots of it because I, I took real these real, you know, personalities and crafted storylines around who they would be. But I, I set them up the same way like, you know, Jeff Garland and I are good friends and I asked Jeff a long time ago what what was their, you know, way of going out and doing a uh, curb? You know, how did they go about their process? And it's a very detailed outline right. and they kind of riff off of that outline. That's what we did here. But what was happening was that because I was really having these guys play themselves, that the emotions that they were going through were real. Like the the, the whether it was anger or or crying or, you know, laughing. I wasn't telling them to do that. I was just setting them up almost like in an acting class, I guess, right? Right, except they're not actors. That's right. That's the and, thing. And so the bad thing that comes from that is <laughs> it looks like shitty acting right. when you're trying to pawn it off as a reality show. Right. And it looks like, you know, a reality. It, it's like you're in the middle of no man's land with right. a show like that. Hybrid. That's right. Right, but with Curb, they're actors, so they're going to pull That's it off. That's right. And in, you know, when I think in The Hills, which was such a good show for its time, for sure, in that it was revolutionary again, yeah. that, that that show, you know, in hindsight, we all know is bullshit as well. Right. right? But but they they played it differently. So, um, you know, it's I don't know how we got off track on that. But well, just, yeah. So back to Biggest Loser. Yeah. Um, so because I just love hearing, you know, how something things become, come apart. Yeah. So like you, you go to like you just. Do the whole network dog and pony show? Well, like, yeah, there's some you... really great stories on okay, that. Great. So I come up with the show, and then Ben Silverman yeah. um, uh, was running Reveille at the time. And I was talking to Ben about something that uh, – a different project entirely. And on my way out the door, he says, okay, buddy, what uh, what are you going to do next, by the way? I said, well, I'm going to go pitch a show called The Biggest Loser. And he grabs me. <laughs> And literally, like, grabs my shirt and says, what's that about? And I go, it's a weight loss show. He says, oh, come back in. Let's sit down and talk. And he had a format that he had acquired from the U.K. Um, I forgot what it was called. But he flipped the pages to me right across the desk. And I read it. And I look at him. And I go, it's a piece of shit, Ben. I said, I'll tell you my format. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, you know what? You're right. Why don't we partner up? And why should we have two shows out there being pitched at the same time? What was I'm just curious what the headline was on that pitch. What was what was piece of shit about it? Um, I felt like it was uh, fake. Yeah. Uh, forced. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not authentic. I think, you know, for me, doing Biggest Loser had to be grounded in authenticity. Like I want to break through. um with the subject matter. Yeah. You know, like I, even my agent at the time at William Morris told me, do not pitch this show. He said, it's not going to get sold. It will never get on the air. People have tried this. 
way many more people than you would ever want to think about have tried to get a show like this off the ground. And I said, I don't give a shit. I go, A, I'm passionate about it. B, they're not going to do it the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to turn this into a rock show. It's going to look prime time. It's going to feel like something you're going to, an event that you want to tune in and see. And I had the vision. Yeah. And I think it's a good message for, oh, I yeah. tell this to my Don't kids. Don't listen to your agents. <laughs> yeah, that's the message. Don't listen to your agents. But yeah, you know, you got to do what the hell you yeah. want to do and believe in. Well, and your passion, not that that's what sold, I mean, the show sold the show, but had you not had that passion, it would have not gotten right. to that point. Right, exactly. So I pitched it around town. Yeah. You know, ben and I took it out. and But I did the, the pitches for Loser. Yeah. And, um, and I will tell you, I sat, uh, I got turned down by everybody. I sat across from a major, major network. Uh, CBS. Uh, a different major network, <laughs> but with three letters or initials. <laughs> okay. um, and, um, and the network executive, who is no longer there, um, looked across the table at me after I did this whole beautiful pitch and said, Dave, nobody wants to see a bunch of fat people sweat on network television. <laughs> And I said, is that a pass? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, then after that, I said, uh, you don't understand what the hell I'm talking about. Either I've done a really shitty job of pitching this or you're not understanding that this has nothing to do with seeing a bunch of people sweat, that this is about changing someone's life and and getting into someone's headspace and watching this transformation take place. And it was very lofty back then, right? I mean, I really... You know, was, it, right now, it seems like a complete no-brainer. Like, I, know. I can't even picture that being said, but I, it was so, you know, it's it was hard like, to imagine that time. It was a very, very, very different time in reality television because I'll tell you what, on once Jeff Gaspin, and it when I pitched it to Gaspin, and I, I pitched it to Jeff um, at NAPTI, so he, he, had a, he was speaking on a panel, and and I said, look, and he and I were friends and I was I made shows for him prior to that. And I said, listen, I've got something that I want you to hear. And so when he was done on this panel in in January in Apti, yeah. I pulled him into a empty conference room next to where we were. This was back in Vegas when Napti was yeah. happening there. And I put him in a corner. And I went through the whole pitch. Did you have a deck with pictures? I had nothing. Just you. So you want to talk about how shit has changed <laughs> today, right? I mean, just think about it. No. I mean, right now, okay. I went in with a verbal pitch back right. then in 2004. It went from having a verbal pitch to, do you have a deck? Then it went to, do you have a deck? Do you have a sizzle? Then it goes, do you have a sizzle? Is it a pilot? Then it goes from, is it a pilot? Do you have a series somewhere? Then it goes from a series somewhere. Has it been somewhere around the world where it's a fucking hit and we know we can make it here? That's where our business has gone. Oh, the good old days. I know. 2004. You could just tell him your idea. Here's what it is. Did he get it right away? He did. Look, he's a really smart executive yeah. and he got it. He connected to it. It took us almost four months from that pitch to a green light. Because he had to convince the yeah. brass? Yeah. So, Jeff, you know, Zuckerman was there. Zucker. Zucker. So did you have to go in then and repitch, or did Gaspin just try to put No, up- we, we went back in and, um, you know, I put more meat onto the skeleton. You so know, to speak. So to speak. <laughs> and... Um, and and gave it some more than that first pitch yeah. just to put the detail to it. Yeah. But stuck stayed where where the show format was from day one. And and at that point, um, we finally got the green light. 
So then you had to cast your trainers, which is obviously a huge part of yeah. the whole success of the show, especially yeah. off the bat. That's right. Uh, I would love to hear sort the of- Jillian and Bob. Yeah, Jen <laughs> well, told me a little, but I mean, they've become such powerhouses and brands in their oh own right, thanks to you. So yeah. what was that process like, and were they your first choice? Well, we went through a lot. You know, yeah. like if you, if you think about it and you say, look, I got to look for a trainer, and I think I can spit out your window right now, probably <laughs> right. hit 50 of them, right? <laughs> Um, but you know, you re- you quickly realize that it that it's hard to find somebody who's television savvy, has a presence, um, and has the credibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we went through all of these different people, we we landed on you know finding Bob and Jillian, and it's kind of these things where you're sitting across from somebody, and, and all of a sudden you go. I got it. This is it. Mm-hmm. They're the one. Yeah. It just clicks, right? It's like an amazing first date. Right, exactly right. You know that there's something there. And and Bob and Jillian were those two. They just popped. And and also they popped in a couple of different reasons for us. They they were very different. You know, and in the early days it was, you know, we've kind of this thing has got it got a little muddy and mushy over the years. Right. But in the early days Bob was this much more zen type of yoga, laid-back trainer. I'm not going to beat the shit out of you. I'm not going to scream at you. I'm not, you know, that's, I'm not the drill sergeant. And Jillian was the exact opposite. You know, there's no acting between the two. And they were who they were. Right. And we own that. Didn't Jillian scare the shit out of you when you first met yeah. her? I mean, if that's really how she is. Yeah, there was no, <laughs> like her intensity. Yes. I'm a very intense person, and her intensity scared the shit out of me. <laughs> right. But You, know, you were the, like in a coma. I know. You you know it, though. You know what yeah. the thing is that I have learned over the years now, you know, almost 20 years of making television, that if you're, if you're not crazy in your personal life, um, you're not going to be the greatest character on television. What? My last podcast guest was just saying that <laughs> mentally ill. We got as far as mentally <laughs> right. ill, probably in a straitjacket. You're right. It's true. <laughs> yeah. It's like I just you have to be don't, a maniac. I don't see people, uh, you know, like it's not it's not an acting gig, right? <laughs> right? So it's just like you can't just turn it on, right? Or turn it off. It's like here's who I am. Yes. In my real life. And here they're not actors, right? Right? They're and not if playing they are, part. And if they're wannabes, or if it's not authentic, get, the audience will smell yeah, that shit never a mile away, and it's only a matter of time before they're bounced. Totally, you can't play a part, I- I- at least in an unscripted television show, right? Right. So you, you see Jillian, and like you get chills, probably. Yeah, like I knew right away. I, the funny thing was, I'm like, is she as fucking tough <laughs> for real as she is a coming across? Right. And we did workouts. And we we went to a workout with Bob and we worked out with, by the way, a lot of these trainers. Yeah. And, you know, again, this is 16 years ago. And so I was even, you know, I'm in good shape now, but I'm 52. So back then I was in pretty damn good shape. I was vomiting all over the place. (laughs) I was fucking throwing up left and right. But the thing is, like, I know they want to make me throw up because they want to show me just how it's not good. You're like, I got it. I I got it. it. Okay. You got the gig. All right. But yeah, um, you knew it, and it was cool. And you could see their chemistry right away. Yeah, you know, you could see it, and you could also see the um, the conflict. So you know, it's it, I didn't want to have this manufactured 
uh, you know, bullshit of, oh, we're going to argue on television because we need conflict. Right. And, that, and back then, you know, again, 2004, 2005, all conflict in See, reality that was the television. That's what it was. Yeah. What kind of bitch fight can we get into? <laughs> right. But, but it was organic because they had two very different um, kinds of mentalities and approaches, and they had two different personalities. Right. So, and they didn't agree with each other at, at times. And I didn't, I wanted that. Right. As long as the spirit of the result of what they were going after was the same, which was we have to, you know, I told them, like, look, let me tell you something. This show has got a huge responsibility. This is not like Home Makeover, great show, where someone is going to sit there and watch it and go, oh, now I know how to put 2,000 extra square feet onto my house. <laughs> right. This is, people are going to take away from Loser uh, how to possibly save their life. Yeah, it's incredible. So much of what works and worked from the beginning was the passion. There was the competition between them and then the passion to win and change right. these people's lives. Was that in your original conceit in it terms was. of how you envisioned the hosts, trainers would be? Yeah, it was because I because I wanted them, it, again, to elevate this, Yeah, to, to right. make it feel like this wasn't a daytime subject matter. The competition part of it was key, um, but the competition between the trainers was a big part of this. I, for pride, I wanted them to do it. You know, I wanted that to be the case. But I, I'll tell you a very something very funny. Um, I, I shouldn't set up a story like that because if it sucks, so you're, now it's. But here, I laugh. I laugh the, politely. Give me a polite laugh. <laughs> when I went in, and just before we got the green light from Jeff Gaspin at NBC. That last meeting, he says to me, Dave, we need transformation on these people. And I said, Jeff, we're going to get it. No, I mean, Dave, we really need transformation on these people. And I said, Jeff, I promise you we're going to get this. He says, I'm talking 100 pounds of weight loss. And I said, Jeff, we are going to get 100 pounds of weight loss. He says, okay. I got up, I walked out, I turned to Ben, I said, we are not getting a fucking 100 pounds off these people. How the hell are we going to do this? 20 if we're lucky. I, we're lucky. Right. We had no idea. Wow. No wow. idea. Wow. And we started with a much, much, season one of Biggest Loser was not 400-pound people. They were smaller. They were 250. Okay. 270. Wow. I had a girl, a female <laughs> contestant on there at 100 and. 60 pounds. Right. If she loses 100, you're in trouble. Oh, yeah. We're right. dead. And, 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 but because we didn't know how, what we were doing. Right. We didn't, we, we, we didn't know how, what we were dealing with. Yeah. But I knew that the competitive part of this yeah. would, would help amplify it. And then when you first airs, were the ratings blockbuster out of no. the gate? No, but they were solid. Okay. They were, um, this show has never been a blockbuster. Really? Yeah, believe it or not. It, I mean, look, in today's terms, right. <laughs> we would take all take these numbers. Right. Like, you know, 10, 11, 12 million yeah, viewers. It was, you know, it was epic great. Numbers. Yeah, epic. Right. Fucking epic. I mean, these our shows right now are, if you're hitting 3 million viewers, <laughs> right. you're on network television right, <laughs> right now. You're still celebrating. It's incredible. Yeah, it really is incredible. But it was never Survivor. Yeah. It, it, it didn't have, you know, back then, Survivor, 15, 16, 17 million viewers. But it was a really, 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 really solid number mm -hmm. um, that that was ve had a very loyal following. I always thought it was the little show that could. Yeah, it just felt like you know because everyone was like, "Ha, uh, it's one season, another season." Another, yeah. and, and by the way, 
NBC, it wasn't like we were getting all of this support from, you know, okay. marketing and, you know, promo- there was no billboards that really ever went up anywhere. There wow. wasn't a promotional campaign that went places, you know, little here and there. But we were the little show that could. Hmm. And and we became a, a billion dollar franchise. And once you saw what was happening and 100 pounds were being, you know, by the end of the first season, like personally for you, because you, I know how that is as a creator, and I've never created a hit like Biggest Loser, but, you know, you come up with it at the gym one day, and all of a sudden you're looking at a yeah. season finale, and you've literally changed 12 right. people's lives. Well, that was, a, you know, when when, uh, when Gaspin came out to the set, <laughs> like three or four episodes in, five episodes in, before we aired, and he turns to me and he says, what do you think? And I said, look, I don't know. Uh, I'm nervous because reality television back then was an escape from reality. <laughs> right. We are making a show that's putting a mirror in front of America and <laughs> right. going, hey, look at yourself. Get your, your Here, fat get ass. off your fat ass. <laughs> look at this. Look at this. Right? It was like so It's a big risk, yeah. But I said to him, but I'll tell you one thing. I said in the corniest way it, that this is going to sound, man, we are changing these people's lives. Yeah. They are saving their lives here. Like I saw, I was, I choked up. And I, and, and by the way, I cry over this yeah. a lot. Aww. Like I, it, 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 I, when I think about what they have done, um, it, it, it's, it's hard not to. I mean, it's really, really hard not to get choked up because, you know, look, the show's taken a lot of hits over the years and yeah. a lot of criticism, a lot of, you know, we're in it, we're in the news today right. on this stuff. Um, but we have, and, changed so many lives and affected so many people who had nowhere to turn to so yeah you know as a as a as a producer i mean look our job is to create and entertain and give the biggest damn ratings we possibly can but if you can actually do something and i didn't set out to do that but i wanted to make what i thought was quality television and it's change people's lives. It's a fucking grand slam. Yeah, it's it's the best possible outcome. It is. And have the hits over the years and the criticism. Does that? Do you take it personally? Does it upset you? Well, uh, it does because um, I answer every one of them. <laughs> right. uh, in in the first season, where we took a hit from this reporter, I I wrote back and because it was all look. If you don't like the show, right? Great. Yeah, you're entitled to that, but. You have to not like it for the proper reason of of you have to not like it in a way that it's it's grounded in what the show really is. Don't fabricate shit in your review that's not really there. What was the beef? Um, I, I don't remember back. I, I can tell you today what it is. Right. But, but back then. But I wrote this reporter. And I said and I answered personally. Um. And I get a response back going, I'm just a student at Cal State Long Beach running the paper here. What is a producer like you answering me? And I said, I don't care who you are. I'm going to answer every single one I can. I went to Robert Bianco, who ripped the show at USA Today. He's the you know television re- yeah. Uh, critic. Yeah. Uh, on day one. And... He still hates the show, but I'm on 17, you know, 17 seasons later. Because it just, you have that much invested in yeah, because people you know understanding what? it too and yeah. like getting what you're trying to do. Because I'm passionate about it. Right. And, and because I'm, because I, I believe in the show and because I, look, I'm, 
today it's not about not liking the show. Right. right. It's really not. Yeah. You know, like that's when that's the business we're in. You know, I put stuff up. I made a show for CBS called The Briefcase a couple of seasons ago, which right. I think is the best show I may have ever created. Um, revolutionary in so many ways. Very controversial. We sold it around the world now. Um, I, 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 went on, I was scheduled to go on CNN um, that, to talk about the show because it created so much controversy. Wait, I saw it. It was really good, but why was it controversial? What people am I forgetting? People thought that we were taking poverty-stricken oh, um, people right. and you opened open the... up the briefcase and give them $100,000. But you know, it was middle-class America. Yeah. And it, stir- it created a lot of, like, a, a big shitstorm in a good way. We yeah. had 7 million viewers on our first episode on CBS on in the summer. But That which, was your idea, that show. Oh, yeah. Great I was concept. on. I was on the, uh, I, I, I was the host. There was the, we broke the fourth wall. That's right. It was me. Oh, I knew you looked familiar. Yeah. <laughs> and that was my big note. Um, wow. You know, so, but, but the thing is, like, so when you're trying to push things, yeah. people are not going to like, and that's okay. That's our business. Yeah. You have to. Right. You have to have you, a thick skin. You have to have that thick skin. But I think people, there are a lot of people who try to jump on the, the bash big loser bandwagon yeah. to try to have their own platform. Right. You know, like, this is bad for you. This is unhealthy for you. We're like, what? where's your where's your expertise in this? Where is your, you know, because they're trying to get their own message out there. Right. So, uh, yeah, look, you know what? Um, there, there are two sides to this, and I think in this business. Some producers, um, actors, directors, they'll just steer clear of the the criticism. And for the and I do that a lot, but man, if you rub me the wrong way on something because I feel it's off base, I'm I'm going to answer it. Are you uh, respectfully, in... by the way? Yeah, are... I, I I come back. I don't ever go. You stupid right. motherfucker! <laughs> this decision. I'm I'm pretty good with this. And are you in the trenches now with this new? Is it a lawsuit about like giving the contestants drugs or whatever? Yeah, well, I'm in the trenches in the in the sense that. Look, I still executive produced the show, right? And um, involved in all those conversations. And do you choose to comment today? Well, <laughs> you don't you have know, to. I'm just it's kidding. it's it's complicated. Yeah. And um, you know, I I in the past I've kind of opened up and talked about all that kind of stuff, but this one because it's gotten to a point where, you know, Dr. Heisinger has now come out with a, a lawsuit. To threaten the 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 post, no, no, is it the New York Post? I think yeah, it was the Post, and one of the past contestants and other contestants have come out and defended. I think we made like the official statements that need to get out there, and best for me not to kind of okay, talk good. about it. You want to Google it? You can Google it. Yeah, people. you can. So, in terms of um, Three Ball, because I know they're oh, were yeah. they the company from the beginning with you producing yeah. it. Yeah, it was an interesting story. You know, basically NBC at the time. Um, had done a couple projects with Three Ball and came to Ben and I, even though I had a production company up and running and Ben really was more of a studio. Right. Um, there was some history there um, with, uh, with the network and I felt like uh, Three Ball may have been owed a show. <laughs> and so I was asked, would you want to partner up and bring them into the show? And I thought about it long and hard. And, you know, first you go, no, why the hell do I want to do that? That's my show. Right. But but the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, it's a big series. Right. It's, it's, it's a year-long production in so many ways. Wow. And, yeah, I'll sit down and talk. 
and I did. And we hit it off. And um, and it was like a, a little bit of a dysfunctional family in a lot of ways, but we all knew what our roles were and what we were doing, and we played well off of each other. And you were the showrunner from the beginning. Yeah, well, we had it was more just one. <laughs> J.D. Roth and myself yeah. were running it, okay. um, and um, and you know Ben was never really on set. Right. Uh, that wasn't his role, um, and. Yeah, but that never changed from the from the beginning, and I think we worked really, really well um, together. It was, you know, it was one of those things where you where it was dysfunctional, but you don't want to change it because <laughs> it's like, hey, we're we're hip. It's like a marriage, right? It was a marriage, <laughs> right? So we all got along. And then you, um, you're still involved, or yes, I, I'm still, I still like, executive produce the show. Like you go to set. Well, I'm on set. I'm, uh, I'm on set. I come up with uh, a majority of the big stroke creative wow. on the show. Um, How but, the hell do you come up with new ideas? I mean, it's tough, right? Yeah. But you know, it's it's not just me that you know, we have a we have a great team. Yeah. We have a great executive producer team alongside me. We have um, you know, it's now Shine and Demal along with me and we really work well together. And we've got other executive producers in the show you know, at this point in the game that have done a great job. So we, but I'm, um, I've got like a very dominant creative energy, you know, so, and I've got a vision and, and always, you know, I've had my concepts for season creative get shot down many, many, (laughs) many, many, many times. Um, you know, I've always wanted to do the love version of Biggest Loser. You know, I've really wanted to do something that takes, um, the, the, these people who can't find love or had it and lost it because of their weight, because of their emotional issues, because of their weight, because of just where, their lack of self-confidence. I always thought that would be an interesting area to go to. I didn't want to make Overweight Bachelor. That's not what I was looking to do. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That's a great idea. I know. Hold that on. is a good idea. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, so we're yeah. constantly trying. Yeah. And in this latest go-round of new creative that we're putting out there, yeah, I mean, like, you 17 seasons in you have to kind of think about on a show like this it's not just about moving to a different island it, right. it's, it's a you know like survivor that's yeah. got it's such a good core to it we have to change the, the the creative a bit and you probably have to have a list of every challenge ever done because yeah. how good is your memory oh, i'll tell you what it's so funny <laughs> you say that because you know we'll sit there and riff in the room with a bunch of us somebody will pitch an idea like yeah we did that yeah, <laughs> yeah i think we did that right uh, well, you're probably coming up with the same ideas not remembering that i know did, that's it, it we're like yeah, we had something yeah, exactly right i'm coming yeah. up with that and then we'll go back and look at something and go shit we did this in season three no recollection <laughs> right yeah. it's very hard it is it's very very hard to Especially on those challenges, you know, to, to to really come up with those new concepts of what they are. So once that became, you know, a solid ratings performer, yes. we'll call it not a hit, but solid. Uh, it was a hit, but okay. not, you know, it was, right. it was a, the show was a hit, right. but I don't, I wouldn't call it some juggernaut. Okay, so I'm sure everyone and their mother's banging down your door to make either ten other Biggest Losers yeah. or other shiny floor stuff. So yeah. what did that? I mean, were you so entrenched in the show that you felt like you couldn't go do other stuff? No, no, I didn't. That, and that was the benefit of having Three Ball and Twenty Five Seven and Reveille at that time attached. You know, it was that's the way I looked at it. It was like, right? You know, we I was continuing to grow my company, and we I didn't have to. We all had our roles there, so I was able to do that. And yeah, you know, you had a lot of people going, "Make me that version." Now on a smaller scale. 
make me, you know, let's go to the left of that slightly. Let's go to the right of that slightly. And I, you know, I was really careful because I did not want to, you know, want to bastardize yourself, right? right. Um, but what it did for me was it established um, me as a network format executive producer. And, and you know, it, there is a difference, you know, yes. and I learned it over these, you know, 15, 16 years. It's, it is a very, very different game to make a network television show than it is to make a cable show. Not better, not worse, but different. Harder? And, um, I think it's harder in a way that you have to elevate everything. You have to give production value in ways that yeah. you don't necessarily well, I think some of these things are changing but but you didn't for sure have to give production value on a cable show um the way you do on network the the expectations are so much greater on network television still I believe um and so if you you really have to think in a I think in a visionary way and today you know with the way our business is right now I think it's never more uh, it's been a greater issue than um, than it's than where we're sitting right now within the industry because Be it's so hard to get a rating because it's hard to cut through because yeah. it is because the genre has matured because so many things have been done um, and you need to try to find the fresh way in like how many different ways can we do. A singing show, a comp, right. you know, a, a talent competition, a, you know, a physical competition. Well, you did. I mean, so strong. Just sort of jumping ahead yeah. a bit. It's your last hit network show. Yeah. Um, ratings wise, good, right? Uh, solid. Solid. Uh, so Thursday night, eight o'clock. Um, tough time slot for NBC, but yeah. but very solid and very proud of that show. Yeah, and uh, I mean, just that. So I watched the first few episodes. Yeah. Um, as we know, my friend Victoria was the <laughs> first one to get kicked off, but the most amazing transformation. Uh, you know, I, I told her the other day that when I saw her that um, she was my biggest concern because anytime you lose that very first contestant on a, a transformation show, you're like, holy shit, are they going to be able to do this on their own or with us or our guidance? You know? Yeah. And, sh and Victoria was a girl who, you know, was had a lot of um, self-confidence issues and just, you know, by her own admission on the show was – just not in a good headspace, but boy, did she blow us away! So strong. If you guys haven't checked it out, show on NBC. Did did it? It wrapped up. It wrapped. We just yeah. finished about a week ago our um, season finale. You know, I Sylvester Stallone and I partnered up on it. Sly and I had a good relationship. Was that your idea that yeah. that would elevate it in terms of his? Yeah, his yeah, attachment. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I I didn't have Sly on initially. Sly and I were working on another project together, mm. and when I had. Uh, figured that I wanted to take Strong out because I knew that I, I was working on Strong for many, many years, by the way. Wow. Years. Wow. Um, had the idea, knew what I wanted to do, knew the way that the the physical space was moving to um, and towards when you take a look at CrossFit and Tough Mudder events right. and all this stuff that's out there. And you look at women's magazines that, and you look at covers where it used to be, hey, how to be skinny, how to be model thin, how to be a size zero. And now it's changed to how to be sexy and strong. Yeah. And, and, and that's where I get a lot of my ideas when I start to see these things cross over into all these pop cultural, you know, components that I go, okay, how can I attack that? Where can I go with a show that 
that is going to be there or, or soon to be there. So that's how I created Strong. Right. And I saw that years ago. And, and I went to Sly and said, hey, um, you look to be in pretty good shape. <laughs> um, how about we fucking do this together? You know, we, we had a great relationship. So it was just a natural. And yes, because I wanted to elevate from a marketing standpoint. Right. Because you can't rely on anyone to take your shows and market and promote them. You can't rely on NBC, ABC, any network to sit there and go, hey, we're going to, we got 30 million bucks to put into you. What? No. It's right. not, you can't. Right. So how are you going to get it through? To get them behind it. How You know, you take someone like Sly and get them out on and yeah. market your show. Right, and do PR. And yeah. what about Gabby Reese? Was she your first choice? No, she wasn't. She wasn't. Um, I I didn't even know if I wanted a female host. Yeah. And part of that reason was because I wanted to steer clear of, of any comparisons into the space of Biggest Loser. Mm-hmm. And I had, you know, Allison Sweeney. Right. Um, but so I thought that I might want to go with a guy. But we switched and went with all-male trainers yeah. in the show and partnered them up with female trainees for a lot of reasons, which we can get into if you want. Because uh, that wasn't the original. It wasn't. I had a oh. blend of men and women. Huh. Interesting. And and it was NBC's suggestion to do it all as men for fairness reasons. Uh, apples within, and apples. Yeah. Because it's a very physical show. Yeah. Loser is not that physical. This show is was insane. Like the challenges, the uh, physical uh, challenges were insane. When Victoria kept falling yeah, in that so first, the, I mean, I thought like, I can't believe she keeps getting I know, up again because spirit, I would right? be just dead, yeah. like no pulse. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, her, what she did in that episode, her episode was just, you know, uh, heartbreaking, but also <laughs> very like uh, inspirational. Oh my God. But, but so we went to, to do that. But yeah. the, um, so Gabby Reese. Yeah, so with Gabby, once we made that decision to go with all male trainers, we said, okay, now I felt like, are we going to alienate a female audience? Because mm. are we here sending a message going, um, women out there, you all, there's you no good feet. Yeah, you. exactly. <laughs> you need men to save you, which was the last that thing right. that we were trying to get across. Right. So I started to think about who would be a really good female role model that could represent um, strong women, uh, strong, uh, a businesswoman, a professional athlete, a mom, a housewife, a wife. Gabby was all of that. Yeah. And she wasn't the biggest name in the world. Yeah. But she was she wasn't she, hosty hosty. No. And and but and, and, and I had a teacher. It. Yeah. But, but you know, she, and, and look, she was almost so much better off camera when she was doing her interviews. Right. Because she was that person. Yeah. But then when you put her into that host role, it's a tough role to learn, you know. It takes time. She did fine. She I did mean, fine. She, she did fine. I kind of appreciated that she wasn't Miss yeah. Hostess with the most, you yeah. know, that she was just real. Uh, thanks. Because yeah. I feel that too. And, yeah. and that, I wanted to try to capture that. And, it's, and, and, and she's incredible. I think, you know, women look up to her. You're agree. so right. She's, agree. She's the real deal. She was. And, and, and boy, when, you know, we put her out there and she went on Ellen and she, and you, I would, she went on the Today Show and I'm listening to her and I'm like, wow, I mean, this is why I wanted to go with her because. She lives that lifestyle, too. She's a trainer herself. She and Laird Hamilton, her husband, they have like a fitness camp, basically, in their backyard. Of course they do. And they train everybody. <laughs> so it's like, I know. So it's like, you know, again, authenticity. Yeah. You know, can you imagine yeah. taking – you take a show, a show like Strong or Biggest Loser or one of these type of shows. You can't just take some – good-looking stud of a, a <laughs> model guy or some hot-looking, you know, woman and who never really 
can relate to the subject. Right. Because the audience goes, what the hell do you know about right. trying to get strong or losing weight or whatever? Yeah. And I think that has to carry through. Yeah. And it was kind of also refreshing. It, you know, you we started this because you said, how do you take a genre that's been done so much and, and put a fresh spin on yeah. it? You know, because so much and strong is different. I, yeah, it is. And, 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 it, and I expected, honestly, to see a bunch of fat women. I know. Again, and it's like, wow, okay, you know, there's some curvy ones there, but there were no, like, obese, you know. Nobody. It was... Regular women. Regular women. Everyday women. Who The idea was... There's, like, I mean, fat, we, skinny, right, that expression. That's it, right? Yeah. It, like, I always felt like, you know, when I, when I first created the show, um, and, I, and it had come up with the name Strong, it started as an acronym, which was Start to Realize Our Natural Greatness. Start to realize our natural greatness. So it was S T R O N G, and I had the dots in between, and I trademarked the dots and the, all and the logo and all that stuff. Because I again, I, when I'm creating, I kind of think as a marketer in a lot of ways yeah, and the brand right. behind it. And so um, we never really went with that in in the show because, but it it set me on the on the right creative track, yeah. which is what I wanted to do, the message I wanted to send. It felt a little too preachy to say that within the show. <laughs> right, but it was in your head. But it was the helped. guidance to yeah. the creative. So what took so long? You said it was years that you developed well, it. Well, because I didn't want to, um, because I wanted Loser to have its path. Yeah. And I wanted Got this, it. this, um, this, um, you know, the thing that was happening within the fitness industry and, and within our own mindsets. You know, like if you go look at a commercial for Tough Mudder event or right. a Spartan race, it looks like you're tr- you're coming to sign up for the Marines. Right. You're crawling under barbed wire. You're getting electrocuted. It's right. all this shit. That's horrible. And you know who's signing up for it? It does look right. horrible. People like me. Women. Yeah, yeah. Women. Oh, yeah. So, the oh, se- I, so yeah. I was waiting for this, like, Got movement it. to kind of just continue yeah. to build. Right, and so strike I, at the right time. So I can go into the network and go, guys, this is this is where it's going. Yeah. You have right. to be this is where it's, it can't be right. this it is where it's happened. now. Right, it already happened, right. Because anyone can, can, could chase heat, but not everybody could make right. a fire. And right. You, you have Six to, months from now, you're going to miss this boat. That's right. you got to be able to strike, my opinion, yeah. as the producers, you have to be able to be the one to strike the match and see it. So the set of Strong is a sight to behold. Did it take a year to put that? First of all, who did you have a whole company that was tasked with designing? I don't know how you can describe it because I don't even know how to physically describe it. it. um, Well, here's how it started. I knew I wanted to make this like you were a bit in the future. I knew that it wanted to make it feel almost like Tron in a lot of ways. That, that again, production value to the show. and I wanted every one of these. It felt like almost gladiator type of you know fitness challenges to take place in the arena. Mm-hmm. And what I did was because I drive, I'm I'm a very detailed like person to <laughs> as a producer. Like I get into fucking people's heads, right. you know. And my team wants to probably kill me most of the time. You're like is he delegating? You know, any you're of right. this? I'm just I just keep going at yeah. him on stuff, right? I'm a bit of a perfectionist that way, but but I again I think. This is your job. Yeah. To, as an executive producer, if you're really running a show and creating an, that you, to me, it's like, hey, you're all in on this shit. Yeah. You don't pass this off. Right. So I knew what I wanted. And I saw a, I think it was a U2 stage that was built in London that looked like this UFO had landed <laughs> in the middle of, it was this monstrosity. Yeah. And I went to my art director and I go, build me this. <laughs> and they all look at me and they go, what? I go, build me this. 
because this is where I have it on my phone. I'll show it to you. Yeah. And this is what I want our version to be. I want it to look ridiculous. I want it to look like a light show. I want it to look like it's like a fucking rock concert taking place where people are working out in these insane challenges where you fly into this thing and you go, that's a world I want to be in. And where was it physically constructed? So we were out in Calamigos Ranch, um, which is out in Calabasas area okay. off of uh, um, like um, Canaan Road. Okay. Uh, it was like Malibu, Calabasas, Malibu. Great people. Uh, we had a great relationship with them. And I said, um, I need property. I need a lot of fucking property. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, they love, we had shot some Biggest Loser stuff there. Okay. So we had a relationship. But I don't think anybody realized what the scope of this would be. Um, the arena is 100 feet in diameter of concrete. And it was 50 feet high of a steel structure. And that was just the arena. We then built the entire right. strong yard, which was a fantasy training yard, which was a gym, again, a real gym built from the ground up, not some set piece. Right. You know, it wasn't on like any risers. We poured concrete in a foundation. And then we had the tower, which was a uh, 45-foot monolith that you saw these yeah, contestants it's running incredible. up. So I had I knew that I had three set pieces that I built the show around. So I that I that what was from day one. That? You know what? You know it's I it, mean, it was an expensive show. Yeah. But but um But I guess that's one and done. It's it's a it's a OTO. It, you, right, well once you build it it's there. Right. But you know what? It was expensive not not nearly as expensive as a lot of the shows that you're seeing, a lot of the big stage shows. Like Really? Yes. Believe okay. it or not. And are you guys getting a second season? We hope. That's okay. what's being talked about right now. And yes. so is that staying up there now? Yes. Okay. Yes. And it can weather the storms? Yeah. And... Well, I mean, we've had to take some pieces down. The, okay. the, the tower comes down. Um, that gets built up and come down. But we were, we had a, that thing, when I took pictures of the build, I'm, nobody would think that we were making a reality competition show. People would be like, what fucking high-rise is going in here? <laughs> right. we, we look like a- Can I buy an apartment here? Uh, we, people walking around with hard hats. <laughs> it was a construction site. Wow. Was that the first time you've undertaken something of that scope? Um, you know, like uh, NBC came out to visit the set going, what the fuck are you doing with our money? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. You had a long leash. Yeah, I they, did. They trusted yeah, they, you. Yeah, they trusted me, and um, nice. and which was great. And um, it was a- um, It was a- Yes, I would answer that question with the magnitude of that build was uh, almost killed me, um, for real. Like I thought I was having heart attacks out there because I, I it was we we did not have that location at first. We had a different location in Malibu, and the day that we were supposed to start to load in and do a build, the location fell out on us. How about that for a reality fucking story? I mean, story? did you just want to kill yourself? Yes. <laughs> I, 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 We were in a panic because every Jeez. piece of the set was designed for this one specific property. Oh and that weekend, it came on a Friday, oh, I was I was out with, I took my team. We were driving around L.A. Right. looking for properties. <laughs> right. Can I just find some I'd open like, oh, space? Because I knew that if we were to push this show, like if I were to go back to NBC and say, listen, guys, the property fell out and right. we have to stop down right now. 
you you only get one shot sometimes. Right, and they just who knows? They could have said, you know what? Yeah, it's not just, worth it. Dave, we love the show, but right. uh, Celebrity Apprentice is coming in. Its right. Price. Well, who, you never know. No, you got to save it. So I was running around like a madman, <laughs> like like looking for knocking on people's doors. Wow, looking for big farms and and so you and got lucky. We got very 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 lucky, and we scrambled to make that pre-production that build in a very condensed period of time but i always say it's like packing like you have to get it done in that amount you yeah. know if you have a week it'll take a week if you've got three hours somehow you'll make it happen in three hours yeah, yeah i think so Although i think you know sounds you, challenging well it, it was you're right it was challenging but you sit there and you go we don't have a choice right you don't have the choice god Oh, my God. Yeah, I probably so, didn't sleep for days. No, you know, look at these bags under my fucking eyes. <laughs> That's all from that week. Yeah. So I want to get to the Netflix show because this is mm. a huge deal. I mean, I saw this announcement, That's and crazy. I thought, holy shit, this is the biggest. Game changer. I, I mean, literally, I, I don't know that anything like it has been announced. So just to just to say what it is, it's. It's called the Ultimate Beastmaster. Ultimate Beastmaster. The name sends it all, says it all. It's going to be in how many countries? Well, it's around the world, as Netflix is. It's an international competition show. We created, I created a very interesting format where six countries at one, I'm making the Olympics, six countries at one time. I have 108 competitors from around the world. And how many countries? Six. So it's, so yeah, so there's 12 um, uh, going in every episode, right? But. And there's a different host in every country. There's a different host. In every so, language. That's right. <laughs> so I have an international um, producing team that we brought on that is going to, I'm going to be in the control truck speaking English, which I barely can do, as you can hear. <laughs> so forget trying to attempt any other language. And so you've got simultaneous translators in all of those different languages? It's going to happen, right. Oh I have, God. by the way, no one has seen this, so... I'm going to show it to you. The good thing is we are a... That's why I'm I'm showing it to you. Because I don't want... That's the beast set. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um, Nobody realizes what that is. I feel like I'm looking (laughs) at... Don't say it. You can't say it. X-Men movie? I don't know. I don't have the right... People just think that this is a physical competition. It's taking place with inside that. Okay, when I, don't say I, I'm not even. I'm just dis- sharing it with yeah, you. I'm, this they don't is, realize it because we're gonna. This is a good tease because gonna, I've, I know I can't believe that's a set of a show. Let's just put it that 650 way. 650 feet long, oh. two and a half football fields. Unbelievable. So, so that's by the way that what I just saw is that here in in L. A. Yeah, on a yeah, set. Sure, yeah, we'll be. Yeah, we're okay. we're we're building it right now. And when do you start? When does this officially start production? A couple of weeks. And I'll show you some. It's ten episodes. It is 10 episodes, yeah. That and is just the... See, I like this because nobody can see this, but that's oh just the first God. piece of the... This is insane. <laughs> this is other level. Right, nobody... This doesn't so, look like a reality show. Right. Let's just put it that way. And it's not, really, in a lot of yeah. ways. You know, it's it's designed not to be. Right. Uh, it is. It, Wait, it, is look, there something live about it, or am I making that no, up? It it's not, live. No, it's Netflix, not live, right. right. But it's... Um, but I'm going to shoot it like it feels like that in a lot of ways but it's there's a lot to it and i just want i'm 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 love to talk about it but i want to tease it because this one is so wildly unbelievably different and out there and nobody knows what this really is and i want to shock the shit out of people with it i know this is a weird question but do you think it's going to succeed like do you feel like this is going to be a yeah. game changer in that way too, because it's a huge swing. I I think it's going to 
change. Um, I, I I don't like, you know, I don't want to like put this on my shoulders or think that like <laughs> any, this I'm any no more pressure. important right than anything. But I think it's a game changer for a lot of reasons. Did you want to do it with Netflix? Was that the idea because of the global yeah. nature of it? Yeah, the way I, I did. And um, it ended up there, you know, like I, it, it wasn't what I had first thought about. But you thought when, network, yeah, traditional. Yeah, but w- when I started to put all of it together, um, and, you know, Ted Sarandos is one of my closest friends, and I said, look, I've got something here that I believe is a game changer. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, I mean, I, that, wow. And so. And they've, and Netflix has never, never. done anything close to this Never. or even resembling this. Never. I mean, they do premium doc yeah. stuff that and you know what? nothing it's, to do with th- this. That's the word, by the way, because the, the – pre- and I'm making a right, premium Right, it's premium. It'll just be competition. That's right. So we're looking at this as really a, a premium piece of content. Right, like it'll it'll work alongside what they have right. but just be a completely different genre. You can't do this the way we're doing this on network television. You certainly right. can't make it the way I've changed I mean, to this format with uh, the international aspect to it. This set, what this thing is going to become. By the way, there's a whole mythology behind that. I wrote a story. Oh my God. There is a whole backstory to this. This needs that, a book. Like, you right. need to write a book. We're after filming this. the whole making of. And, right. But this is going to Amazing. launch, God willing, into uh, a franchise outside of the competition. I don't That's even get what that means, but uh, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. You, I'll tell you when the mics are off. <laughs> off the mic. Off mic. That's incredible. Yeah. So, are you are you more pumped about this than anything else, or do well, you just get the same excitement every time? I do. You know, it's not like in that, that's that's such a good question. I I feel like you know um, if you're not excited about every one of your babies, <laughs> then um, no matter who you're doing it for, large or small. Then, um, look, I understand people need to make a paycheck, <laughs> right. right? I get that. <laughs> right. But put that aside for a second. My feeling is if it's not about trying to put food on your table, it should be about um, the I'm fucking all in on this. Yeah. And, and, and man, am I all in. Because for me, um, it's I, – I sleep three to four hours a night. <laughs> that, <laughs> not surprising. Right. For, and it's been that way for about, you know, good 12, 15 years. And, you know, I go to sleep uh, and I pop out of bed and the ideas fill back into my head. Most of them are really bad ideas, really <laughs> shitty. And then once in a while, I'll get that one that clicks. Right, the kernel. And the second I get that, I'm, I'm going for it. And I think, you know, that's my personality. Yeah. And so am I, am I any more – I guess I'm more excited only because of the platform we're doing this on. Right. But – but I have as much pride in Strong as I do in Beastmaster or Biggest Loser or any other shows we have. And we've got a couple of new ones that we're going to announce. But but this one is um, so revolutionary in so many ways. I mean, I've got the engineers from Los Gatos at Netflix <laughs> flying down next week because they're so fucking amped. Wow. Um, and that is a big statement. But how do you have the bandwidth? I mean, you, you yeah, you're question. you're one guy. I mean, yeah. you know, well, I, I know, know it's only three hours of sleep, but yeah. still, like, you can't clone yourself. You just said you have a bunch of shows you're going to still announce. I'm sure this Netflix show is taking up every moment it of is. your day. Like, how are you? Because for me, again, my model is not uh, right or wrong, is not the model that a lot of other producers, production companies have out there. They're looking to do... Not everybody, but a lot of people are looking to do volume business. Right. And I'm not. I'm looking to try to build big shows, big brands, uh, you know, big properties around them. Right. So for me, it's about finding, creating those shows, 
99.9% of everything we do, we create, I create. Um, Not that I, I would love to have ideas come in, and they do, but they're so hard. Right. They're really hard. I'm not interested really in making, um, you know, I'm, I'm trusted to make premium shows. Yeah. And, and not a lot of us have that, um, uh, that are given that opportunity. Right. And so you are lucky enough and lucky. have proven yourself really enough lucky. that you don't have to do the schlocky small yeah. volume shows to keep the lights on. And, and I get that. And, you know, like, look, I, I as a consumer, right. like, I love that stuff. Yeah. Right. I, I, I want, but I, and there's, I'm not looking down on it. You right, know what I mean? It's just not your thing. But my, right. I, uh, to me, I want to, I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at. Yeah. And and if you're if you have the opportunity and the the the, the skills to try and go for these massive big home runs, then I'm utilizing that. At the same time, look, I'm making a doc I'm, I'm, for Netflix. We're going to announce it's going to come out. I'm making a beautiful doc series um, that has nothing behind it. You know, there's no business behind it. Um, there's no brand behind it. Mm-hmm. It, is, it does follow a, a big brand, but um, and it's international. And it's gorgeous. Cool. But um, uh, but there, so it doesn't all have to be about these big competition series. Right. Or anything. That's not what it is. Right. But but I I do feel like um, you know, network needs. We need this at network level. Yeah. Like network. We need a fucking hit. Yeah. Good. Good for you. All mm. right, so I I could talk to you for hours, but um, I want to get to I sort of do these inside the actors like same questions every do it. every episode. The first one is what is your proudest accomplishment? Well, it has to be like my being a father to my kids. I was going to say we always say other than your children. Okay. So professionally, <laughs> good answer though. Professionally, yes, professionally. Um, I, I I'll go back to the loser story for yeah. one second. Um, like uh, you know, I was a younger producer. And being told, um, you know, not to pitch, uh, Biggest Loser, mm-hmm. and and fighting against that, I, I always go back to that moment um, in, in to my kids. You know, I have mm-hmm. 20, my two daughters are 22 and 20. And I say, look, you have to do what you believe in, you in life, in anything. You, you know, you can't let somebody talk you out of your goal. You can't let somebody talk you out of your passion. You have to... Go full force, and so I've taken that story that that you know don't bother pitching this story, and the fact that I you know I could have easily as a as a guy who did not have um, you know big hits on under my belt at that point, I could have easily gotten talked out of that, and so it was just in that is a very proud moment that I've looked at it that's had a ripple effect into so many other aspects of my life. So I, I ha- really have to lesson. say that. I, I think it's amazing. And what about you? Do you have a biggest regret? Um, yeah, you know, I do have a biggest regret. You know, I, um, there was a, there was a project that, um, that I had the opportunity to, to take out and, um, it was in the music competition space. And I, I had some self-doubt about it, and um, and I I held back. I didn't feel like I'm too critical on myself, and um, don't say it became the voice. It, it was kind of like the voice. Oh Jesus! Yeah, uh, you know, similar but not exactly. But um, but that's a regret in that not that you know who knows if that show would have 
become like the voice, right? right? But but I guess again, you know, you have to. Um, sometimes you can put too much, you know, you can talk yourself into a bad place. So I think you go with your gut. Like mm-hmm. if you find it, you get it, you have it, you got to go with your gut. It goes back to where, you know, to the to the biggest loser story. Now, I never should have questioned myself. Right, you it. believe in it and you go. Right, because, you know, for me, it's like if I, my, my feeling is if I walk into a network for a pitch, um, I want that that network executive to know that I am, you're going to either buy this or not buy this, but I know that this is a fucking hit. Right, I'll sell it somewhere else. Right, exactly. Otherwise, I'm not going to waste that person's yeah, time. Why okay. would I? Yeah. And I was, I thought I was unsure about that, and I really shouldn't have been. And that was, that's, that was a, a big regret I had. Yeah. And I, by the way, I promise you that every creator, executive, producer in this town has had that happen to them multiple times. I'm sure we all have had that. Of course. Yeah. And do you have a craziest pitch you've ever taken out? Assuming it never sold. <laughs> well, I, I had a pitch. Yeah. I had a pitch that um, that was um, <laughs> that was about a good 10 years ago. And uh, I'm trying to remember the title of it. That's why I'm stalling. Um, but it involved a goat. All right. Now, he, so here's <laughs> Enough what. Said. Right. But here's what the idea was. I felt like. Um, it, it was like a, a different kind of dating thing meets Amazing Race. Oh, Shitty fucking idea. <laughs> and the idea was if we took these people and started them in New York and paired them up together and they had to get across the country together, except that they had to each have a goat with them. <laughs> but why the goat? <laughs> because I thought that if you can fucking manage getting a goat across the country <laughs> Then you can manage anything as a relationship. It's hilarious. And it, and and I swear, I I remember pitch, and I knew that that's this was a hilarious. crazy fucking idea. And I probably will, now somebody's probably going to take this and go, "That's brilliant." I love it. But instead of a goat, we'll do a monkey. <laughs> exactly. But it was just like that. I, and, and I remember, that's I can't hysterical. remember who I pitched it to because I, you know, it was like one of those like, yeah, just like let me just let this thing kind of slip right. out type pitches. Right. Like, and then then I'm thinking, oh god, did I really even fucking just go there? <laughs> did I just do this? And because of the eyes that I got from that were like, is he out of his he fucking mind? His I dying to know the name because that uh, has to have uh, a killer yeah, name. Um, God, I will I will tell you that name okay. uh, when we get off of okay. this and you can say it. In, okay, you know, well, we'll, we'll figure out how to insert it. Yeah, but it. it had a goat and it was uh, it was a dating show with goat. I mean. I mean, I know. I'm trying to think of something clever and nothing's coming out. So if you, right now, I'm sure with... Uh, between everything you have going on, you don't have much time to actually watch TV. But do you have like three your favorite reality shows right now, or either mainstays that you've been watching for years, or new ones that you like? Um, yeah, look, I think Survivor is you know a great show. I think it'd be hard to find uh, you know a creator, executive producer who doesn't look at that show and go, "Wow, um, you know, after all these seasons, yeah. um, it's pretty pure." You know, um, I think that is a well done show. You know, funny, I was watching. Um, I, I never really got into The Voice, not because I didn't. Um, like it, but I didn't really give it any time. Mm-hmm. So I started to watch it a little bit more this season, and um, I can really see what what the attraction is to it. And I took something away from it. You know, I kind of felt like you know, the voice is really not about the singers, in my opinion. It really is about the um, the relationship between the the panel itself. A hundred percent, which is why. 
for me, and I've actually said this before on the podcast, it falls apart after the blind auditions yeah. because then it becomes too much about the singers. Yeah. And I love that panel. I yeah. think it's brilliant. I, I think so too. And I do think that's a problem with the format. And But you have fun with them and it put a smile on your face, right? Absolutely. So Good co-viewing too. Yeah. So I, so I like that. Um, I did watch Little Big Shots this year. Yeah. And um, I, I'm, I'm, I think it, it could get old in the long run, um, but it is a damn good show. And man, Steve Harvey is, he blew me away. That is, if I, I thought about that because there's really not a format to that show at the end of the day. Right. But, but it's hard challenge. not to like it. And when you see, I, and you think about it and go, who else could do this? If it wasn't Steve Harvey, that thing could become a bomb in the blink of an eye. And it went the complete opposite. A hundred percent. And I think that's when you can say that about someone, whether it's like an actor or a host, that, you know, there's no one else who could do this justice. Yeah. You know that you have someone special. It's like Bourdain. You know, I always say like I was going to go to trying to find Bourdain. It's yeah. like you're never going to find Bourdain. No. So just don't try. Right. I agree. So those you know, yeah, those are my good. network. And I will tell you that, like on the cable side, yeah. um, I think Naked and Afraid <laughs> is uh, is pretty good. Yeah. Um, in the earlier seasons uh-huh. of it, you know, like uh, I, th- I think when things, you know, when you're you're purist in the early seasons, it's good. I like Bourdain. I actually like um, Andrew Zimmerman on yeah. Bizarre Foods. Yeah, he's good. You know, like I just I like those kind of shows in, because they feel like, um, you know, it's talent driven, and I'm getting into these worlds. Yeah. Uh, you know, in, through an interesting perspective, right? Yeah, and it's like not to sound networky about it, but there is really good takeaway. Very, very you know, good. When takeaway we watch Bourdain, it. I literally take notes for places like Paris or wherever yeah. places I know we want to go. Like, yeah. If he found it, and it's going to be great. You yeah. Know? Very, very good stuff. And so th- those are like what I what I like now. I mean, but I think every network has something that I would look at, and we all wish that we had. You know, like I think Dancing with the Stars is a great show for what it is yeah. for sure and there's a great story behind how that got on the air and you know and it's just interesting about how hard it is to to get these shows you know to come up with these shows to get them on the air and to have them become successful are you going to be doing this till you're 90 years old like i could see you yeah. looking exactly the same yeah. like with the same energy yeah I think so. Like you bury know, you on the set, basically. I can't, uh, you know, like it's true because, you know, my kids are like, when are you going to stop? When are you going to? And I guess as long as I have that passion. Yeah. Like, right. To, for me, it's not about the money. Right. It's got to be about, right. like, it's got to be about, man, I really want to do this. Right. I love making television. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. The I money mean, doesn't hurt, right? No. The, look, the money's great. We all want to make money. I yeah. want these shows to be successful. I want right. them to make a fortune. I want them to make a fortune for the networks. Right. Right. But. I don't think that's the starting point for yeah. coming up and creating a show. No, because then we'd be hedge fund people. I right. mean, if that was really what your goal was, then we wouldn't be in yeah. this business. Look, I mean, I, it's just like as long as I'm enjoying because it, it's a crazy fucking business, <laughs> right? It's so brutal. so brutal. The grind is so messed up. Yeah. There's so much shit that you're going through every day. Production is one fire after another. Yeah. The smoothest production that's is a, a good, fire. That's a good way right? to put it. Yeah. It just you're you're a fire marshal out right. there. You're just dousing <laughs> the flames. All right, I, right. Pull, call me over here. Call me over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you don't love it, yeah. And if you don't love what that format that you're making, you don't love the creative. You don't love that yeah. show, man. You'd have every reason in the world just to get the hell out. You're right. Well, it, you've been an epic guest. I'm oh. going to use that word, epic. No, I don't know about that, but thank you. It's you, been a pleasure. Great talking with you. You too. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>